You're listening to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other, that stays updated with the most recent tips and advice on how to make it in America and become a successful resident or fellow in the speciality of your dreams. Dr. Alonso Osorio is board certified and residency trained in both emergency and family medicine and will be bringing you 20 years of his personal experiences, struggles and motivation. We'll be chatting with people like you to talk about the lessons they've learned along their personal path, how to make an impact and how we can all benefit from it. Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show. Hey, superstars, and welcome back to the Foreign and International Medical Graduate Podcast. And I'm back here again with Dr. Daniela Rodriguez from Colombia. I think I have developed a special uh, interest on what she has to offer us, and she's been extremely dedicated. And literally, she's working so hard at improving her interviewing skills. And I know you guys heard from me in the last episode, number 29, that I had lost my job and I had seen myself interviewing again. And believe it or not, it's overwhelming, especially getting yourself either in front of one person face to face or, you know, I think a consideration that we must have is that probably this interviewing process in 2020 with COVID might be happening via, you know, telecamera or Zoom communication or Skype, you name it, but some sort of interaction. So it's going to be extremely important to really develop some sort of verbal skills and strengthen your language, you know, so you're more clear at speaking loud about yourself. So we have reviewed some data. Obviously, interviewing happens in many settings. Interviewing happens not only at the professional level for regular jobs, not necessarily to be a clinician, a physician. It happens at the corporate level. And, you know, interviews happen even during a schooling, you know, when you're attending college and graduate education that you're applying for, for college, that's, that's happening. So you have already taken care of yourself by preparing a fantastic resume. You already wrote a personal statement and you were invited to an interview. When you show up to an interview, we already talk about the ethics and how you need to be dressed and how you need to look. And Daniela and I went into a discussion on what was her fair experience and so forth. So feel free to go back to our prior episodes and visit that kind of information. But now you're face to face, you're in the interviewing process, and literally the American Association of Medical Colleges has pretty much set the standard questions that all the applicants have to be ready and prepared for. So this is not a secret. We know and we could potentially anticipate what we're going to be asked. And some of the questions are more generic. And then obviously you go into behavioral questions later on. And this has a purpose. Obviously, the program directors, the attending physicians, the residents, and the people that you'll be working with will be interested in to know if you are a problem resident, if you're a problem person. And they, the only reason why they're doing this is to find the right team members. Some other topics that the questions are mostly concentrated on is to question you about patient care, professionalism, problem-based learnings, and, you know, you want to try to minimize potentially any red flags like unethical behaviors or the lack of ability to answer certain questions despite being prompted to do so. So, Daniela, welcome back. Tell us how it's been uh, live since we spoke last. I know that uh, 
your blog and my uh, Facebook page is full of questions regarding the suspension of a step two CS and people are kind of a little distracted regarding that. What's your feeling? What's your position on, on the whole step two CS? How do you feel about that? Hi, Dr. Osorio. Thank you again for inviting me to the podcast. Well, that's difficult because there's a lot of people that they need the CS so they can apply this year. We are not sure what is going to happen. I don't know, but maybe they are thinking of the possibility to uh, make the test like online. I don't know, like a web camera or visual. Yeah. But right now we don't know what is going to happen. I don't know. There's a, a people that say that maybe they are not going to ask for the CS. But well, the only thing that I can tell you guys is that like you can try to do other things while you wait to take the CS, right? So you can try to work at your hometown or you can uh, try to look for research. There are some possibilities that you can do research uh, from like remotely. So, yeah. We heard that so many of these facilities that are located across the United States for the clinical skills assessment, step two CS, you know, for me was the former CSA. Obviously, they're concerned about COVID and the potential transmission by direct patient contact and you know, alternating through your workstations and opening and closing doors and touching the doorknobs and just in general having to use a facial mask because that's definitely going to impair your whole facial yeah. expressions. Mm-hmm. And for the for the actors, they won't be able to really kind of get a feeling of how you're expressing yourself. And sometimes that's going to put a barrier on how you communicate. Especially, we'll have to wait and see what's the final determination from the USMLE and how they're going to figure that out with the with the testing centers. And, you know, I know that everything's going to affect it. Actually, I have my colleague, Dr. Ricardo Correa, getting together with program directors in the area that he works with. Next week, we're hoping to record a podcast regarding that to see what feedback we get and what preliminary comments have, are going to be made about this. Anyway, having said that, so some of the questions that are posted on the website are, and you're going to expect to find are, what are your plans after residency? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What are you looking for in a training program? What are you looking at specifically on the residency program? For example, for Dr. Rodriguez in pediatrics, what's the reason that you're there? Are you going to be a general pediatrician? going to go into a fellowship? What's the goal of applying to pediatrics? Why have you chosen this particular specialty? What future do you see for this specialty, specifically in the United States, obviously? And how do you see yourself playing a significant role for the specialty and how much uh, strength you have at growing the specialty across the United States either by being part of a society or so or you know an association that you're part as a leader. Other questions could be why should I choose you over any of your classmates or any other applicants? Why are you on a special candidate? What books have you read recently? You know, it's simple stuff. Like they want to know what else are you up to if you're going to Audible or you have gone to the library and purchased any books. And they want to know if you prefer any specific geographic locations. I know that Dr. Rodriguez, you have a special presence for the Northeast part of the United States, right? New York, Pennsylvania, yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. Well, I have friends there. Yeah, I think you have a broken heart that is waiting for you up there. Right? <laughs> no. No, not really? Okay. Just a friend, huh? 
That's funny. They also might ask you to discuss the future of medicine and how do you specifically now with COVID, you might see yourself being asked questions like, how do you feel that the training programs are going to be affected during this new us, our new way of living, our new interaction? And what are your careers plans for the future? And the question that they might ask you too is, what would happen if you do not obtain a residency position for yeah. the next year, like it happened to Daniela? Another question that many people really struggle with is, tell me about yourself and tell me about what are your major strengths and talk to me about your weaknesses. They want to know what are your flaws and your deficiencies and what questions do you have for us, you know, as the program director regarding the residency program and also what other hobbies or interests outside of medicine do you have like i said yesterday specifically for me tennis has given me so many connections and so many interactions what is your your specific hobby dr rodriguez well i like to read but also i work out a lot i love exercise yeah i exercise every day i like to cook as well but basically i love exercising yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. How do you feel through all this research? You and I have spoken that after the feedback that I have given you regarding your, your voice, your posture, yeah. you have really grown regarding that. Tell us about how you're going to be approaching the new interview, how it's going to be the new you that is going to be portraying itself during the interviewing process. Well, the first thing is that I've been working a lot about like trusting myself that's the principal thing that I, I think that is important because you need to show others, you know, like that you are sure about yourself, that you trust yourself, and that if you trust yourself, as I already uh, told, said in the, in the last podcast, they are going to trust you. They so want you to be confident, correct? Yeah, um, I've been working a lot of, in my confidence. Also, I've been working a lot in my English. Because like you need to to know how to express yourself. Also, I've been reading a lot, so I've been trying to read books about like communication, communication skills. Also, to improve well my English. All the books that I'm reading right now are on in English. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I I know that I particularly sent you a couple titles yeah over whatsapp what have you learned about these uh, few books that i might put them in the reference uh, of the episode on the show notes I'm, i might put them but uh, they have really helped me quite a bit myself what have you learned about those books so what i've learned first is in the um, body language about the body language also that you have to look the other the interviewer uh, in the eyes the other thing is that when, um, y- like, you need to understand what is the other person asking you, because sometimes you can understand something, but they are really asking you a different thing. What else? Uh, to not take things personally. Sometimes when you see that happened to me in one of the interviews. So when I went to the interview, the interviewer was like, he was not talking too much and he was so serious. And I started like being 
nervous because of that and I was I started thinking about oh my god what is he thinking about me you know so you don't have to take things personally they are just like trying to test you how you are going to behave when they be when they do that right correct and, and Daniela yeah. that's maybe a poker face that they're putting up to see how you react to a yeah. male figure, an older authority figure, how you're going to be responding to people during rounds, during a morning report, what's going to be your attitude? Are you going to be a quiet person? Are you going to be proactive? Uh, are you going to be able to kind of push through that barrier and be able to express yourself despite the potential fear? Just don't take it personal, as you said. Like, that's nothing specific. That's awesome. What else have you learned through this process? Because I know you have put together some good quality stuff out there yourself. Probably we can make it into a nice, fantastic ebook that we can probably post and sell to our listeners on all the effort that you have gotten together over the last few months, right? Well, before I continue talking, well, I want to tell all the doctors that what we are going to talk here are just like kind of suggestions but they are not like rules they don't have to do like what we are going to talk about right we are just like want to share our experiences and also well I've been through many interviews and although I haven't a much doesn't mean that I can't tell you about my experience and what I think right so the first thing is, okay, I have to trust myself. I have to have confidence. The second thing is that you need to prepare the questions before. You need to search about the program because your answers are going to depend on what the program wants, right? So that's really important. You first have to search. If you don't find information you can email the programs and they will be happy to answer your questions. But don't go to the interviews without knowing not, like, nothing about the program. Yeah, that's no. a very, very good point because if you show up not knowing anything about your future employer, imagine how they're going to feel about yourself. You're going to okay. go immediately down to the bottom of the list, correct? They're going to mm -hmm. probably tell you why in the world are you here if you yeah. don't know anything about me, if you don't know anything about us? Like if you're going to interview with this chief of medicine, attending physician that has been at the university XYZ for 25 years, who has been published in multiple journals across the world, who has this tenure and this extensive specialty on, let's say, liver disease, and you don't know anything about what he does? If he asks you a question regarding his topic of interest, you might just look like a fool. The other thing that I've been reading in other books is that, well, maybe you don't have like enough information because they didn't answer the emails or because you didn't find enough information in the web page. Try to ask them like in at the beginning of the interview if for example, if they ask you about like, I don't know, tell me about yourself. So you are answering the questions, but the right moment that like you finish, after you finish answering the question, you can ask them, 
So, well, I would like to know more about, I don't know, the program, what you are expecting in a resident. So then when you continue answering the other questions, you can take what they told you to answer your questions. Awesome. That's so good. Yeah. So, for example, again, if they ask you, tell me about yourself, you can say like, yeah, I'm from this university. I believe that I can be an excellent candidate for whatever residency. This I have my achievements. So is what I've been doing through this time. These are my hobbies. And then you can say like, I have a number of accomplishments to tell you about, but I want to make the best use of our time. So to help me do that, could you tell me about more about the most important priorities of this position? And with that, now you are going to be able to answer the other questions because you know what they are looking for. Yes. Believe it or not, this weekend on Saturday, I jump on the phone through a Zoom interview with the chief of recruiting for this large nationwide emergency medicine company that has more than 200 contracts across the United States. And he was calling me from home. It was Saturday, 10 a.m. And I said, well, Alonso, I know a lot about you. What questions do you have about my company? And what else can you tell me about yourself? And I started by saying, well, Dr. X, I've been working for the last five years of my career on self-improvement. I think that by having made it into the United States and having become board certified in residency training, emergency medicine, I have fulfilled all my dreams in life. I have a beautiful family. I have a fantastic wife. I love my kids. Financially, I feel stable. I have the, the house of my dreams. But I think I'm in the process of moving into a leadership position. And I'm wondering, and I, I would like to inquire if there is a possibility for me to grow within your company and become a leader for your company. Because the last five or seven years of my life, I've been investing my time off studying and self-developing myself, taking courses XYC offered by the American College of Emergency Physicians or the American College of Physician Executives to be able to have the tools and skills that will allow me to empower myself that if the opportunity arises to become a leader within the company under any circumstances with the right mentoring in place. That's what I said. Imagine that. So you take a question that might be potentially offering you and a wide aspect, but that's what they want you to do, to be proactive, narrow it, and bring your personality on answering the question and be loud and outspoken at being confident, as Daniela said, about speaking about yourself. I'm not saying being cocky. We just need confidence, right? There is a big difference. You agree, Daniela? Yes. Yeah, that's true. And about that question, that's they are going to ask you in almost all the all the interviews. So, well, the important thing is that they don't want you to talk about your CV. They already know about your CV. So you need to talk about something else. So what have you been doing uh, besides your CV, right? Uh, Also, you can talk a little bit about your hobbies, but not too much. And also about the things that you have achieved in the past, right? Um, I don't know how, like maybe what could be your answer, Dr. Osorio? 
What have I achieved in the past? Absolutely. Yeah. If they ask me, tell me how do you feel about your achievements so far? Here is what I would answer. I've been a board certified residency trained emergency physicians for 11 years. And one of the biggest things that I ever wanted to accomplish was to become a fellow of the American College of Emergency Physicians. And I did that by accomplishing lots of professional development in education, commitment to a specialty by being an advocate for it, for providing excellent medical care in the community, and by being an educator with medical students and residents. And what else have I done? I have procured further continuous medical education that keeps me updated on my medical practice because medicine is an ever-changing field and there is not enough time in our lifetimes to learn everything about your specialty. And at the same time, I have rediscovered myself. I, I noticed that I have a special interest on sports, specifically, you know, I found joy in the Peloton machine and the treadmill and running. And that has really helped me to be a better tennis player on the court, which I enjoy quite a bit. And, you know, and you just kind of expand, but just keep it because remember, you have only 10 to 15 minutes. You just want to, they want to know that you're a versatile person, that you're not only a nerd, that you're, you're only a book a smart person, but that, that you're somebody that is relatable, that could interact with other residents in a pleasant manner. Correct? Yeah. There's um, something that I want to read for you, and is that match your qualifications to what the interviewer is looking for. Yeah. So you must sell what the buyer is buying. Yeah, that's basically. So we know that we're interviewing you to be a pediatrician. And we know that you're interested in pediatrics. And you really want to link something that you have done in your life. Mm -hmm. The need to become a specialist in pediatrics. For example, I'm going to say, I'm going to come up with with, with, with an answer. When I came to the United States, I soon realized that my passion for children in Colombia and the extreme poverty of, that I had dealt with in certain circumstances made me realize that I didn't have the resources, neither technologically or financially, to help my patients. And having the opportunity to come to the United States and have all these technological advances and the financial funding to give me a good quality of education, I think I'm going to use that new knowledge with technology and apply it towards the wellness of my patients. And I feel that despite my people in Colombia are suffering, at some point in time, I could do a mission trip, you know, through the residency program or in my future professional career and impact my local community where I came from in Latin America, you know? Yeah. You just need to give it a little spin so so they feel, oh my God, this person not only answered the question, but also spawned the question in a way that gave some information about themselves and how they could be an asset to your program. Yeah. But it's all about having that mental and personal versatility because one thing could happen, you might freeze. And if you have that mental freeze, you're potentially showing doubt. So just, I know it could be the most stressful situation that you could ever deal with, but it's not the end of the world. As I said, for me, the other person is as human as you are and, and they have flaws and weaknesses. They just want to make sure that you're a relatable person. That's all they want. It's important that you practice your answers but it doesn't mean that you have to memorize them. Yeah, you need to be also like kind of flexible because if you forget something or a word, so you can't just like be quiet, right? So you need like to, yeah, to practice, but not like to be so strict 
with the answer, right? Yeah. yeah. I would say before you show up to an interview, you really need to know yourself uh-huh. to know where you come from. You need to know who you are and who you're looking to be professionally and how are you willing to grow as a person, not only professionally, but spiritually. And what's your long-term plans? They want to know what's your future plan. They want to know potentially if you're interested in being a general pediatrician or if you're willing to go into a specific subspecialty, call it, uh, you know, hepatology, gastroenterology, pediatric neurology, pediatric emergency medicine. Yeah, no, that you're talking about that, that's really important because when they ask you that is because they want to know if they have things to offer you if you are going to do your fellowship. What I mean with that is that, for example, you want to, after, to be, after a, being a pediatrician, you want to do ICU of um, intensive care, intensive, if you want to yeah. intensive care specialist for pediatrics. Uh-huh, so maybe they don't have a, a good ICU, right? So if they don't have a good ICU while you are applying this, right? So you really need to know about the problem. That's the most important. Yeah. You cannot ask for apples of a tree that only makes yeah. pears, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you need to know where you're really standing and are you in a community program? Are you in a university program? Are you in a private institution affiliated to a residency program? Yeah. Are you in a For example, if you program? want to do research, but they don't have research, as happened in many of the community hospitals, so please don't say, hey, is that I am here because I want to do research? Or you are going to, uh, do you have research? No. So you really need to know about it. Yeah. As, as you guys can say, see and, and appreciate for what we've been discussing, it's all about a little bit of about common sense. In summary, know yourself, know the program, know where you're coming from. Be prepared, practice, and rehearse these basic questions that are listed in the website of the American Academy of uh, American College of uh, American Association of Medical Colleges and rehearse them. As Daniela said, don't memorize them. You don't have to, but at least you need to know. It's a test with an open book. It means that you're entering an interview and you already know the answers. They just want to see how you can elaborate your thought process to communicate your ideas. Yeah. Specifically, if you're going to be a pediatrician, there's going to be a lot of stuff that they want to know about you and the interaction mm-hmm. with the patients, their families, how good are you at dealing with kids, and you know all those little things that pediatricians have to be these lovable, sweet people. Anyway, guys, we're getting towards the end of our show. We're going to try to keep it close. I know that some of you have brought up uh, to our attention that sometimes the episodes are a little bit too long. But I'm going to have Daniela to, in two more opportunities, and we're going to probably dig, program, uh, dig deeper into questions specifically related about the program, about the future of the program, about your continuous medical education, about the culture of the program and institutions. We're going to talk about questions about current residents and probably some sample interv- uh, questions that you could ask the residents. And, and also, why not see what from the program director perspective, what else they want to know about us? They want to know if we have good communication skills, if we have good reliability during our training, if we have organiza- organizational skills, if we're compassionate people, 
uh, do we have integrity, motivational, motivation, emotional control, knowledge, and in general, clinical performance. Anyway, Dr. Rodriguez, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye to episode number 30? Well, also, if uh, you doctors have another question or you want to share something with me, again, I invite you to be part of my group. I'll be happy to help you. Well, as you know, I'm in the same uh, road, in the same path. So if I don't have the answer, I will look for it. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So with Daniela, we're doing this personal development program that is only going to make us better. And she has, I've seen the improvement that you have done. I know that you've dedicated so much time to this and you have done so much research. So guys, follow us in our webpage. You know where to find me. And please, please, call to action. Do not forget to leave me a review. If you think that Dr. Rodriguez and I are well-deserved of a five-star, just feel free to drop me a, a nice uh, review on iTunes or and just share, share the podcast because I completely rely on all the downloads and information that you put out there to my friends and colleagues. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. God bless you all. Thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. Thank you. Bye. See you soon. <laughs>